Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. Hi everyone, on this episode of the podcast I catch up with New South Wales breeder, owner and trainer Frank Gatt who's experienced amazing success winning several group ones along with his sons Daniel and Mark. We had a great chat about how he got involved in greyhound racing and of course some helpful advice for anybody looking to pick up the lead and collar. I hope you enjoy this episode. So firstly, I'll, let's go back to the start. I'm pretty keen to hear how how long have you been involved in greyhound racing and how did you first get started in the industry? Okay. Well, all right, I'll just tell you. Well, I was, when I was a kid, I was only 13 and I grew up in a gambling area where there was like five SP bookmakers in that, in that day. You know, everyone used to go to the SP bookmakers instead of the TAB. Yep. And I used to just see all these people going into this uh, garage that one of my friends owned. His, his parents rented it out and they were all just betting and betting and betting. And, uh, you know, I got the bug and then uh, by the time I was 14, I was working for the bookmakers as a runner. So I used to go, uh, they'd have a bet and uh, I would just run over to the next bookmaker given the money or vice versa. So basically, I was born to be a gambler. That's how it started. Um, it was really quite interesting in those days. Um, yeah, so it started from then, um, and I was only 13, and I used to go to the dogs, and uh, just uh, they just caught me. I just loved them, and then when I got a bit older... Um, I got uh, got a dog and then a friend of mine, uh, he had a couple of really good dogs, but he put them in my name so uh, because he didn't want his old man to know that um, he had greyhounds and they were really, really good. One of them was called Casilla's Kid that probably had uh, 120 starts for 30 wins, 30 seconds, 30 thirds. It was just an on dog. Oh, wow. that. Yeah, got Quinilla King two years in a row of city tracks. Yep. And he had another, he had a bitch that was called Nothing Left that um, that was a full sister worth doing, you know. So basically that's how it started. And he was a punter, like he was a punter. So then when we, just before I started really training dogs, um, he had this dog. Oh, what was its name? Oh, Tagumi's son. And uh, we we brought off one of the biggest plungers uh, down there. Like, we were only young, you remember. And uh, there was about 150 bookmakers at that time at Wentworth Park. And uh, there's 12 of us that went down there. And we backed it from 16s at the 7s, you know? Yep. So that's how, basically, it started like that. So when I started... Uh, training in greyhounds, um, I, um, I I did it more for the, the gambling side of things because the prize money, uh, I was only a backyard trainer, I only had like four kennels, so I was training dogs to punt, and I'd only bet on my dogs, I wouldn't bet on anyone else's, Yeah, and uh, I was pretty sick. Started off, um, 
and then as I got a bit older, uh, my kids grew up because I should take the kids with me, and then they took the reins and uh, they do all the, you know, the training side of things and that, and they're both successful at what they do, you know? Yep, yep. Uh, um, yeah, so they're just, you know, uh, oh, they're just workaholics. They just, they don't stop work. I basically, I hardly do anything. Uh, Daniel, he basically takes care of all the the rearing and the feeding of the, of the pups and uh, oh, he's been extremely successful. I mean, you know, if you look at the dogs basically that uh, that we've reared there, like Ritza Lenny, Ritza Hattie, Ritza Ryder, Ritza Millie, you know, uh, Ritza Vonny we reared, Gloria, Donna. Yeah. They're all, they're all read there. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so it's been pretty successful, uh, you know, the line's been there. But uh, it's basically, when I say a team effort, the two boys do all the work, simple as that. And they both train the dogs together and they you know, they're, they're both uh, good at what they do. I mean, you know, the, the points are on the board. Yep. Uh, other than that, uh, Johnny Fitzgerald, he helps them. Uh, he comes up and helps them break uh, break all the pups to the lead and the ball ring and the straight before they go to get broken in, you know? Yep, yep. Yeah, so, uh, you, know, uh, you know, like my favourite dog, basically, was... Uh, Ritza Lenny. Yeah, nice. Uh, he won, uh, you know, he won a heap of stack of races. And I trained a dog and owned a dog called Hart Bale in 1999, won the National Derby. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that that and, Hat, and Ritza Hattie, you know, basically, uh, you know, we've got a string of dogs that we've, you know, that, that we've bred that, uh, that turned out really good, you know. Yeah, but just basically, I just you know, like anyone else, we we love um, we love the animals. Now I'm more into the breeding side of things. I love breeding. Yep. And um, yeah, like uh, it's funny because one of the bitches, uh, it's actually the grandmother. There, we sold it to a friend of ours oh, for cheap for three thousand dollars, and we said, whatever you do, breed with that. Mark, especially, he was a good friend of my son's, Mark, he said, you breed with this bitch, because she was only a 300-metre bitch. And uh, she's turned out, she's the grandmother of this postman's pet. Oh, no but, way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, because anything that, anything that leaves here, we want him to see, uh, want him to go good. So. And then one of her other daughters... Because we had Minnie's fantasy, she was a, she was a the the grandmother of Postman's Pat, and uh, the other daughter through uh, oh, what was it called Big Daddy who raced the other night. Uh, Anthony has a party's got it. Yep. I think it's one of our twenty three races itself. You know. Yep. Mm, yep. Yeah. So uh, that's how it's been. You know. Yeah. It's, nice. Uh, Nice. Tell me, where did the Ritza name come from? Where did you get that prefix from? Well, Ritza, I'll tell you, Ritza, my old man, they used to call him Ritza, right? And then they used, that was his nickname, and they'd always call me Little Ritza because <laughs> I was his kid. Yeah. Yeah. And um, oh, it was a funny thing because uh, I haven't got the tape of it, but in 1999, 
it was a really big thing like the national derby and oh, there must have been about 50 or 60 supporters and Han Bale's uh, kennel name uh, was Ritzer after me. So uh, when the dog won, uh, the people that were supporting it backed it and singing out Ritzer, 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 you know, it was, uh, it was really good. You yeah, know? it's super catchy. Yeah, very catchy know, name. So, so now, basically, why I did it more than anything because, as I said, I'm into breeding and I, I love breeding, and I just want everyone to know that um, if they see the name Ritza, basically, it comes from me um, because I don't advertise dogs for sale, right? Yep. So they'll know it's really well bred and where it comes from. And uh, because I won't breed with uh, crap, basically, I just try to improve them, which is, you know, um, which is which has been working, you know. Yep, yep. Like you said, um, you know, you've only got to look through, you know, Mark and Daniel's, um, you know, oh. training record and and the good dogs that they've had, and you know, just I've got Mark's page up at the moment. You know, Stanley Road, Oaks Road, like you said, Ritz and oh, Hattie, yeah. Lenny, Donna. Is there? Like you said, I know Ritz and Lenny, you said your favourite dog, but do you have a favourite win that you've had together with the boys? Uh, mate, you know, um, well, probably, I think Ritz and Donna, when she won the Megastar. Yep. Um, uh, and, and the other one was, I did a the, they did a remarkable job with Ritz and Lenny because what happened, um, he had to get a toe amputated and, he wasn't right, and uh, oh, we just put him out the pack of paddock and we retired him. And I was watching Gallop, and I said, You know, that dog, God, he's running around. I said, You know, and Mark said, Oh, well, you know, he said, He said, Oh, we want to just see if we can get him right, and uh, we'll take him and uh, we'll give him a go in the Bulleye, the what is it, Bulleye Gold Cup. And yep. uh, after nine months just in a paddock, he brought him back. And he started trialling the dog and, uh, oh, he just, like, he was running, like, record time. Like, he broke, there's a 400-metre track record at the time of that, that we broke that. And I took him to, um, not I, Mark took him to Bulleye. And I said, mate, that's the fastest, because I clocked down Bulleye a lot, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I love doing. I clock, I'm always adapting clocking, basically, and I used to be at Bulleye before, but um, he was the fastest dog I clocked, clocked on the slip, and from there he went 22. I think he won a race here, and it might have been 22 1. And then, uh, of course, he won the, the Bulleye Gold Cup in 25 uh, 95, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that's unreal. And like you yeah, said, something so simple—just giving him a, you know, giving him a break and then bringing him back. Well, there was a lot of work involved, and as I said, both the boys, uh, Mark and Daniel, they're like Daniel's uh, pretty smart with a greyhound too. You know what I mean? And uh, they both work in with each other, and they, you know, toss things around and uh, come off anyway. You know? Yep. Now, you said you love the breeding side of it. Other than Ritz and Lenny, do you have any other favourite size that, you know, you you like to use with your bitches out there? Well, it's funny. Uh, well, with Ritz and Millie, Ritz and Millie, she's a collision bitch, and basically she's gone oh, everything out of, uh, oh, what is it, uh, Barcia Bale. 
she's throwing in every litter. See, my, my breeding, I've got five generations of city breeding, uh, city winners that just keep producing a really good dog in every litter. Like, I had I had one there, uh, what was that? Uh, no, that was, uh, oh, what was it? It was, my, uh, yeah, it was out of Ritz and Millie, and it, uh, what was it called? Right, yeah, Ritz, uh, Ritz and Joey, it won at Melbourne in 2439, and it was, being anything, it only had a few starts and uh, broke its leg, and that was it. And and going back before that, we had one called Ritza Rita. She brought one a maiden that, uh, oh, what was it, Bulleye in 2605, which is flying, of course, especially then. And uh, she broke a hop, but yeah, basically, now it's funny because I didn't like. When I say didn't like Han Bale, uh, not Han Bale, sorry, uh, what's that rule, uh, Fernando Bale, because basically he was more on the smaller side and I didn't like him at all, so I said, uh, I don't think I'll breed with him at all, and you wouldn't believe it. Uh, now I've got uh, I've got 20 pups all by Fernando Bale, <laughs> right? I love him because he's... Um, what it is, he's uh, he just keeps producing. He's definitely the fastest dog that I've seen. Yeah. Like outside, like basically Brett Lee and uh, oh, what was the other dog there? I didn't think it looked like being anything. It was worth doing. It was a freak. And uh, yeah, them two, like uh, Fernando, like uh, Fernando Bale's got the points on the board. So yeah, I've just stuck with him and. Uh, I just broke into litter, actually, they look all right, you know, but a uh, long way to go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, say Fernando Vale, but, like, right right now we've got a real good, um, oh, what's the word, real good uh, crop of sires. I mean, you know, when you have a look at it, you know, you still got Barcia Vale and you've got Fernando Vale and then you've got uh, Bernardo that's coming through, through Feral Frankie. I just bought a straw the other day. Yep. Uh, then, you, then really the dog that really ticks the boxes. Um, oh, what is it? Uh, Tommy Shelby. Yep. Yeah, he's going um, super. We just started. We've just started a little uh, out of um, oh, flying Ricardo, and the, you know, like they can all run, but they're just starting off. You know, we had one that won the other day by twelve lengths, but. Uh, you know, they can run and then you've got, there's a couple of them that are just iffy, but, uh, you know, basically there's a wealth of young size at the moment, you know? Yep, yep. So when you're looking to breed, you obviously, you know, you don't breed with every bitch that comes through your property. No, so no, they, they would no. have to meet a certain criteria for you? Yes, they do. And it's, uh, look, for me, right, look, I've got uh, what, one, two, three, four, five. I've got basically six bitches. Well, I've got five of them that can run, say, 29.7 at Wentworth Park, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, oh, I've got another one there that it can really run. It runs a bit of ground, but uh, it's down the track. But, um, yeah, so basically they've got to be able to run, but the biggest thing is, you know, the, you've, they've got to come out of producing lines, even like... as. Like, look at the size now. Look at Shimmershine, right? Yeah. Like, he's an outstanding dog. And um, 
you look at his damn line, you go, wow. You know, so it's on both sides, you know, like um, when you get them on both sides, and I really like dogs that can run on big tracks as well, you know. Yeah. And so that's why I said earlier, like um, with that Tommy Shelby, he's raced in every state, and you have a look at the time, he's like, he's on 29, 20 something at Wentworth Park, and oh, where did he go at Hobart? He actually oh, flew, I think it was 55. Uh, what was that, 25.55 or something, that's on a big track, right? Yeah. So he's done it on both tracks, like on a regular track, and, yeah, so that's what I look at, you know. I look at that and, like, um, like I, I had a bloke there that, um, oh, this is a while ago, he rang me up about uh, buying buying a pup and uh, and uh, he didn't want to spend much, and I said, look, do, do yourself a favour, I said... I think he had 3,000 or something. I said, come and buy your wife a lounge, you know. <laughs> I, said, no. I, said, I said, mate, you'll get nothing for 3,000, you know. And, yeah. I said, and I said to him, I said, look, I said, look, it's, it's, I said, most ground people, it'll help you, you know. Uh, the, um, how can I say, if you, if you want to learn, you know, and you want to get into the game, I said, go to someone that you know, the, the real good trainer, I'm sure he'll give you great advice. But my advice basically is, look, if you're going to get into the game, you know, you'll probably look for something that's uh, already had one one or two litters and has proven yep. and make sure she can run a bit, right? Yeah. So basically, that's what I look for. I look for something that's like, like if you're... Uh, trying to help someone say, look, can't have a look at something that's had a litter or two, they've proven and they can run. And once a pups can run and your mother can run, well, everything's ticking all the boxes. Yep. And then, the, you know, you've got to get them red right, eh? Because some people pay out large sums of money and uh, they don't get them red right. So, you know, it's a waste, you know? Yep. I'd rather pay more. It's like if you go to a shop and you want a ham salad sandwich or something, don't give me, you know, the, the crappy ham, give me, um, you know, leg ham. I'd rather pay more and get, you know, the sandwich that I want. Yep, yep. So from a, like from a rearing perspective, because obviously like you touched on before, you guys mm-hmm. do everything from, you know, the, the start right up until the training side of it. You know, yep. can you just like run through basically a, a typical process? So starting out rearing, obviously, you know, what do you feed, you know, what do you feed your pups? Oh, well, basically, to be quite truthful, oh, well, they give them a bit of, you know, semi, uh, you know, put a bit of fat into the meat and that. It's always... Basically, mate, they get fed like the race race dogs, like the kibble. My God, like they give them the top class kibble uh, meat. Uh, it's always, you know, like basically the best meat. We, we everything we do, we do properly. You know, we give them bones, and uh, you know, um, we just they're, they're always really healthy. Anyone that comes to the farm and have a look, they go, "Oh my God, they look fantastic!" You know, well. You know, like Daniel, he takes care of the rare side of things. And, um, you know, everything uh, that we do, we do probably even prior to breaking them in. Like, as I said, I got that um, John Fitzgerald. He's a real good mate of mine. And now he handles, uh, he boxes a lot of the dogs for, for Mark and Daniel. Well, he comes over once a week and uh, 
sometimes he brings, well, not sometimes, every time he comes, he brings a couple of buckets of, of um, stews and uh, he gives them them, you know. Um, he loves doing that. And, uh, yeah, he just helps us, like, um, pre-educate them before they're breaking in. It's like we slip them up our scrape, um, you know, behind the drag. Yep. And, uh, and then we put them in the bull ring. We give them about three three goes. We get them used to everything before we do anything. Like, we'll put them in the, in the kennels and uh, we'll put the, the, the leads on. We'll teach them to walk because most dogs... Uh, you know, when, when they come straight out of the farm, they're, uh, they're terrified. So when you send them to um, a breaking-in place, they're more worried about the guy that's handling them than actually getting broken in, yep. right? Yep. You know, like there's a mate of, you know, I've been, I heard it for years and mate, they make me sick where you get these people say, oh, yeah, my dogs, they just come straight from the paddock and well, we just give them straight straight to the break and I said well you're silly you're stupid I said you're not giving the dog um you know the, the uh, you know the right approach to getting broken in I said you want your dog broken in properly not scared thinking about what he's doing instead of thinking about the person that's handling the dog because a lot of the dogs mate I, I had a mate of mine this is no word of a lie two months ago he did exactly that and then he got a phone call. He said, none of them will break in. He said, mate, it's cost me 5400 or whatever it was. Yeah. And I said, oh, well, I said, mate, you should have done your homework. So then he had to go and send them to get broken in again. So it was costing me 11, oh, what was it, 11000 roughly, you yep. know? Yeah. But basically, you just, you know, it's just common sense and just doing the right thing by the dogs. Yep. You know? And as I said, like, look, the trainers, like, especially from um, uh, young guys that are getting in, uh, trainers, uh, you know, uh, they'll help them, you know. Uh, you know, but it's common sense. Go, if you go to the best and learn properly, you know, uh, the less mistakes you do from the start, the better, yeah. you know. Yeah. I remember when I first started, people saying, look, just get a dog, you know, and just learn on it which is fair enough, but, you know, I'd rather get a dog that can run a bit. I can still learn on it, you know. Like, say you, you run around for 18 months with, you know, nothing that's good, you know, and, uh, you know, and they say learn off that. Mate, you can learn off, you know, something that can run as well. So you, from the start, I reckon you're better off just paying a little bit of money and giving yourself a bit of a go. Yep, yep. When you guys do the break-in, do you sort of, you know, you don't say, okay, we're going to, you know, do it in four weeks. Do you sort of individualise it? And, you know, because some obviously are a bit faster learners than others. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something, right? This is what I've I've found. And, look, you know, like, I mean, we're fortunate enough to live on the property with facilities that that we um, pre-educate the dogs a bit, but... You're better off. It's not about getting the dogs broken in, you know, in four weeks or three weeks. Uh, you know, it takes two months. If you do a little bit at a time and gradually, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day is you just want them broken in properly. Yep. You know, there's, there's no rush. You know, you can do it even at eight months. You can slip them behind the drag and uh, take them in the ball ring, handle them, um, 
you know, like, uh, mate, right? I mean, some people give a three-week course, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. In my eyes, three weeks is, is nowhere near enough. I mean, there's been good dogs that have been broken in in three weeks, right? But, you know, the, you, you need a little bit more time with them, you know? Yeah. And just take take your time, basically take your time. There's no rush and get it done properly. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I see. Um, you know, I, I don't care if a dog will take me a couple of months. Actually, I just did, I'll tell you what I did. Yeah, this is, this is uh, I just did it recently. I had a couple of, I had about three dogs that would do nothing. They wouldn't even look, right? They wouldn't look at the, the, the ball ring and I said, oh, I said, oh, this is no good anyway. So uh, me and my friend, that Johnny Fitzgerald, we mucked around with them. Mate, you know, and it took us longer, but let me tell you, you want to see them now. Yep. They go in, mate, they bite on, you know, and, uh, well, so I, I sent them away to get broken in, you know, the blokes, you know, they virtually broke themselves in. So that was because of exactly what we're saying. There's no, there's no rush to do it long as, you know, they're, they're learning as you go along. Yep, yep. So, like... You know, like I'll, I'll tell you something. This is true, right? As I said, my favourite dog, right, was Ritalini, right? Now, that dog there, he never come out of the boxes. You go and watch nearly every start, right? And he still won 30 races. God knows what he would have won if he ever jumped. Now, I'm talking about the dog missing the start and still winning 30 races out of whatever it was, 60 starts or something, right? Yeah. Now, what happened to him, when I got him broken in, in at Glengarry's at the time, I asked Mark Frugge, I said, look, what city class? That's all I want to know. And he said, well, if they run you, I think it was 1420. He said, "That's they go home running 1420 at city class. So anyway, I took him down. I said, look, this dog, I really like him, Mark. I said... I said, I think he's going to be, you know, uh, uh, breaking real quick anyway. And Mark was good enough to let me go down and watch the trials. And when I went down there, this dog, first trial, went 14-16. Like, if you break 14-20, he's of their city class, basically. So this dog's already run 14-16. And I said to me, son, I said, look, you better go next week and watch this dog go around. So... Four days later, he went. Mark went back, and the dog went thirteen ninety five. Like that's just you know, like unheard of. Like yep. for you know, within a week, this dog's run that time. So we took him away. But what, what I'm, why I'm saying this, and what I've learned from it, right? Like he was a bad box dog. Now, if I would have left him there for the course, you know, uh, the full four weeks, he might have been a bloody good box dog and not a bad box dog. I took him away too too quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, he just he was just a freak, yeah. He was outstanding and um, just oh, bad luck cost me some big races if you watch him, you know. But uh, look, he still won 250000 so he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and... You must um you must be wrapped to with the you know the quality of dogs like you said in a in a very like competitive stud market with lots of good stud dogs out there. He started to throw some really nice ones. He is like look I know I remember when I went and bought him I got him from the office I said to my son and my son said Dad I, I said well, 
He said, mate, you bloody buying your dog. Don't take any money. I said, all right. Uh, and this is my son. Like, it's what you'd think he was my old man. So as soon as I got the crap, I already knew what I wanted. And I said to Wayne Billet at the time, I said, Wayne, he said, what? I said, listen, I got no money. I said, but I want to buy this dog. He said, mate, you buy whatever you want. I want. He said, uh, your word's good enough for me. That's it, you know? Yeah. So I just waited and I thought I'd pay more for it. And um, I thought I'd pay like 11000 or something. And I got him for, I think it was 8000 or something, around about that figure. And I come over and I told Mark I got this dog. <laughs> I said, mate, you won't just see he's the most beautiful looking dog. He's magnificent. He was a blue dog. Yep. And, mate, from the day we put him in the paddock, he was five months old, mate, he'd run. He was just a natural. He looked at you. That's why when I gave him to Mark Ferrugia to break him in, I said, mate, I said, this dog's going to be a fast dog, you know? Yep. I already knew it. Yep. Before anything, you know. Yeah. And then after we after we broke him in, uh, we put him with one of one of the pups that um, come out of my breed. Oh, geez, he won about eighteen races at Wentworth Park. He was a free for all dog, and Ritzelini beat him by six up the straight. And this was a free for all dog. Oh God. Yeah. What did, you, what did you say to Mark? Say, see, I told you. <laughs> No, I don't because, look, you know, well, Mark knew. Mark knew because, see, Mark and Daniel, like, like we're rearing together, basically. As I said, Daniel does a feed and uh, the top kennels where all the race dogs are, um, well, they're the trainers, right? Mark and Daniel are the trainers, right? You know, a lot of people think it's only Mark's the trainer. No, it's not. Mark's... Mark's, you know, obviously he's the main person, but Daniel knows how to train a dog, and plenty of times Daniel's been right where he's, you know, he always says, you know, he's don't like we come to a final and say don't change anything, just leave it as it is because they're going good. And I tell you what, he's been right, you know. Yeah. Um, but then Mark's really good on, uh, you know, check, especially checking dogs. He's really good. On that, uh, once uh, uh, I was at, uh, who was it, Brian Daniels, and he said to me, he said, mate, he said, I can't believe how much your son knows about chemistry side of uh, things for the dogs, you know. Um, and I said, oh, you know, because he, Mark reads up on everything he does because he just wants to make sure that he's not, there's no illegal substances in the any tonics or anything that he gives the dogs, you know. And to be yeah. quite truthful, right, I can't walk in his kennel, right? If I walked in there with a can of Coke or something, oh, he'd go right off his head, right? <laughs> I never do that. Yeah. And to be quite truthful, right, now we both live on the same property, I'd be lucky, right, in the last 12 months if I've been in the kennel block, say, twice, Right? Wow. I don't. Go, oh, yeah. There's no way I'd go. I don't. I just don't do it. You know, because he's, he's, they're both so particular. You can't. Even if they go trialing, and we got some pups. Yep. They let the pups go in with the race dogs. He'll say, "No, nah, take the other van. Put the pups in the other van. These are for the race dogs." You know. Yep. So he's very, he's very, very thorough like that. Um, yeah. So you know he's. When it comes to anything like that, uh, that's how he is, you know, very hygienic, you know, like very clean. 
uh, when it comes to things like that, you know? Yep, mm. yep. And, like, just turning, obviously, to, you know, the kennels at the moment, probably the, the standout one, you know, that everyone knows about is Windra All Class and, you know, what yeah, she's obviously done definitely. for, you know, not just yourselves but, um, you know, Sue and Brian Barton as well. So, yeah, it must be a nice connection to have. Oh, mate, it's the best thing. And, and you know, well, to be quite truthful, it's great, you know. I mean, I've never met Brian, you know. Um, how can I say, or his wife? But, you know, I know everything about him because the boys always talk. But the good thing about it is, like, see, everything's been about Mark. Like, you know, Mark. Marks this and marks that, which he is, you know, like, you know, like, uh, I'm happy to give you, I'll do whatever they say. If they say keep the dog, keep it. If they say get rid of it, mate, it's gone, you know, but um, I value their opinion. But this time, see, with, with that all class, see, Daniel's been training because Mark got out of for six months, whatever it was. Yeah. So, you know, like people started to recognise, and not only with that dog, but with other dogs that we had, that shit, you know, Daniel can train, you know. Well, I've, I've known he can always train, you know, but now, like, because dogs are basically always in Mark's name, you know, but uh, Daniel's got a lot of recognition now. Like people say, oh, man, he's doing a great job. I said, he is, you know. And the old saying is, you know, if you've got a good dog, you know, it makes you look good as well. Yeah. Yep. You know, that, like, Mark loves that dog, that uh, all class. And, um, like, uh, she puts in, like, you know, like, the only time she, like, the other day she got beaten on her merits because the other thing pinged the lids when 29.60 and she missed the start, which uh, she's done at the last two starts, but she, oh, He's just a really good chaser, you know, good money earner. And, like, we, you know, we wanted to win for Brian and his wife, you know, um, uh, you know, because right, they're, just, they're just so attached to their their dog, He's, their bitch. They're going to have a really good brood bitch down the track, you know? Yep, yep. No, definitely, definitely. Beautiful. Um, that's really all the questions I had. Did you want to talk about anything else? No, not really. I think we covered uh, you know, most I think, things. <laughs> I think we've, I think we've, we've spoken enough. Um, uh, yeah, so just, yeah, just on, you know, just as we said, like uh, it's a family thing. We all love it, um, and uh, yeah, like you know, the breeding sides of things. You don't know what you know. You don't know what you're going to end up with, and um, it looks like you know. As I said, we've got 19 Fernando bales, I think. So wow, you know, uh, you'd be thinking, and um, I might even put uh, Ritz Adonna to Fernando Bale when she comes on. So yep. we'll see what happens, you know. But <clears throat> I put a lot of my eggs in one basket here, which normally you say don't put all your eggs in one basket because <laughs> you know. Oh, but I think uh, it's well, safe. I'm happy with what we've done so far with them, and uh, let's see what happens. You know, because Ritz of Gloria's got a litter by Fernando Balen. She honestly, she's a magnificent looking animal. She looks like a, she looks like a, like a stud dog. That's what she looks like. Yeah, Actually, yeah. Peter Rogers, Peter Rogers said uh, he, when he seen her at Wentworth Park, and so I think she won that night. She went twenty nine seven, and he said. Oh, God, he said, what a magnificent looking dog. It's not a dog, it's a bitch. <laughs> he said, what? 
Christ. She's 30, like, she's 32, 32 kilos. She's got a leg on her, you know, which what you want, especially going to Fernando Bale. And I've got uh, seven pups there, and uh, they're nice sizes. So who knows what the future, you know, is there. Yep. Plenty to look forward to. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast but of Greyhound Racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook.